Welcome to the Series 6 Exam Prep, podcast lessons for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. This podcast is to assist you in preparing for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. Well, what is the FINRA Series 6 Exam? The FINRA Series 6 Exam is an exam for those who wish to sell investment company products. It's much different from the Series 7 exam, which is the General Securities Representative exam. Typically, this is an entry-level exam that allows you to sell basically mutual funds and investment company products, and as such, is a much easier exam to pass than the Series 7 exam. Now, concurrent with taking this exam, you must also pass the Securities Industries Essentials exam. In reality, you should take the Securities Industries Essentials exam before you take the Series 6 exam. It will help prepare you for the exam. This podcast is going to give you sample portions of the lessons contained in the full bundle of audio lessons for the Series 6 exam prep, audio lessons for the FINRA Series 6 exam. This is an audio course of 8 hours and 44 minutes in length, and there are 20 individual lessons in the full bundle of audio lessons. The full bundle of audio lessons is available at Series 6, and that's the number 6, Lessons.com. Again, www.series6lessons.com. If you like the samples that you're hearing here, and if you would like to try four full-length audio lessons, you can go to the website and sign up to receive the four full sample lessons to help determine if you think these audio lessons would be valuable for you. All right, enough of an introduction. Let's get on to this sample lesson. This is a sample of lesson number eight for the Series 6 exam. The full length of the lesson is 25 minutes and 20 seconds, and this covers mutual funds. Welcome to this lesson about the FINRA Series 6 exam. This is Unit 2, Part 3. And the topic is Evaluates Customers' Financial Information, Identifies Investment Objectives, Provides Information on Investment Products, and Makes Suitable Recommendations. So we'll go ahead and just talk a little bit more about the next part of this. Uh, At the end, I will go ahead and let you have a time where you can quiz yourself so you can see whether or not you are mastering the material or whether you might need to go back and review another time. No problem in that. So let's go ahead and get started. The first term that I'd like to talk about is called a brokered CD. So CD being a certificate of deposit. So this is a little different from your typical certificate of deposit. Usually if you just go to your local financial institution, you want to get a CD, then you kind of have to take the rates that that particular one is giving out at the moment. Not so if you want to open up a brokered CD. So if you have a brokered CD, you can go ahead and find competitive rates. You can shop around, so to speak, so that you try to get a rate that is more suitable by looking at different institutions and seeing what they could offer you. 
So that is what a brokered CD is. It's something that you can also suggest to your clients if you think that would be best for them. All right, my next one is talking about mutual funds. You've probably heard quite a bit about mutual funds when we talk about investing. So a mutual fund is a big investment portfolio that can give as many shares as investors want to buy. The shares of the fund don't change in value when investors buy shares. Shares become more valuable when the securities that are in this portfolio give out income. So if the underlying securities grow, then it's going to grow as well, the mutual fund as a whole. There's no guarantee, however, that securities will gain in value. But the nice thing is, is when you have a mutual fund, there are all sorts of different securities usually, or there's more than one kind, or there's, yes, not just one. And so sometimes if one of them's doing poorly, then gains in another area can help offset that. Everything balances each other out a lot of times. It is a good way to invest in a way that is a little less risky. So these funds are strongly diversified and run by a professional investment advisor. So they have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and the person at the helm knows what he or she is doing. So it's a good idea. So these in mutual funds are something that you can feel good in investing in. This helps people also invest without too much effort. If you have somebody else who's managing the fund and making the investment decisions, then you don't have to do all those things yourself. You don't have to sit there and fret about it over and over. You just say, okay, let's go ahead and let somebody else take the reins and I'll be okay. There. So let's talk a little bit about the advantages uh, of having a mutual fund. So you have the expertise of a professional investor. So that's something... That's built into a mutual fund. That's a really nice thing to have. It's easy to diversify. You can liquidate some of it without losing the diversity. So you can liquidate just, just a part of it. It's simpler on your taxes than some other kinds of securities. It is easier to keep records about. It's easier to purchase. And you can set it up so that it has automatic reinvestments of capital gains. So you make money, just automatically reinvest and grows your fund over time. So that's a nice thing. It's where you can grow it almost just without thinking about it. It just kind of automatically happens. And so there's different ways that mutual funds diversify. So diversifying means having different kinds of investments in some way so that you don't put all of your eggs in one basket, as the saying goes. So if one industry goes down, takes a really bad turn for the worse, that it's not going to ruin your entire investment portfolio. So they invest in different types of industries. So let's say they have some securities that are in the healthcare industry and some that are in the food service industry and some that are in manufacturing. So they use different types of industries, especially ones that aren't directly related to each other. So sometimes if one industry goes down, it brings down some related industries with it. So you want to make sure it's not really like a domino effect where you only invest in industries that are all closely tied together. So don't want to do that. You also want to have different types of investment interest, different types of investment instruments, such as preferred stock, common stock, bonds, different municipal bonds, just a bunch of different kinds of things. You want to have different types of securities issuers, so not all from the same uh, issuing authority, and in different geographic areas. So sometimes 
uh, natural disasters will hit a specific geographic area and really make things take a nosedive. Let's say there is, uh, you're invested in a bunch of companies in the southern United States, and then there's a huge hurricane and it knocks out all the infrastructure and the company stock takes a tumble. Yeah, that's going to be a problem if everything you have is in that same region. But if instead you invest a little bit in the south, a little bit on the west coast, a little bit up north, or even in different countries, that's a much stronger strategy because it is providing diversity against problems like natural disasters, which strongly affect a wider geographic area. So let's go ahead then and talk about the different types of mutual funds. There are all sorts of kinds of mutual funds. And so if you're going to make suitable recommendations to your investors, then you need to be able to tell them about the different kinds of funds because they each have their own traits, attributes that are going to help you decide whether or not they would be a good idea to invest in. So let's go ahead and get started with that. The first kind is called an equity fund. And an equity fund just focuses on investing in equity securities. Well, that's why it's called an equity fund. A lot of these names are actually just pretty on the nose. They tell you exactly what they are, and that's it. But sometimes it does need a little bit of clarification, so it's a good thing to go through. A growth fund invests in companies that are aggressively growing. So that might be a little bit more risky. When you have aggressive growth, you also have higher risk. So it's sort of a trade-off that you can take there. They have high prices. You have to pay a lot for an aggressive, for a growth fund, but they also can bring in very high returns. If you're trying to focus on companies that are growing really fast, then that's a great way to do it. Another option that's kind of on the other end of the spectrum is called a value fund. Where... Thank you again for listening to this sample portion of the full lesson. If you found this lesson valuable, please go to the website, series6lessons.com, and that series, the number 6, lessons.com. At the website, you will find a link to purchase the full series of audio lessons if you found this to be valuable to you. Also at the website, you can sign up to get four full-length sample lessons. Best of luck in your studies. 